it's the time for like concessions and compromises and stuff like that. I think is over, you know, with, with all of us, we have to kind of like come clean. Like, are we, are we participating in like a, a better, a better way of being for ourselves and others, or are we still contributing to, uh, and, and me, like I have to say, am I still contributing to uh, the matrix world? Like, am I still putting coins in that machine? I'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horpod. Welcome to Horpod, the wonderful, the glorious, Mycadelic. How are you, sir? <laughs> well, I am great. <laughs> How are you, ma'am? Well, I'm good, except I finally like landed in a space, in a place. Since the pandemic began, I've been blowing hardcore in the wind, just traveling mm. alone um, with people pretty much nonstop, staying with different families, different friends. And now I feel like my guides in the universe are like, bitch, you better ground and you better ground fast. Yeah. And it feels like the universe is kind of telling me to stay in a box and get aligned with my physical body and like really clear by myself, like clear headspace, clear physical space. But today, <laughs> and I like am, am way up in the mountains and I'm like, I feel safer here. You know, I'm kind of a city girl naturally and lived mm -hmm. in cities yeah. a lot. But I'm like, no, I need to be in the mountains. And today, the mountain town I'm in, everyone's like, mountain lions are on the loose. They're on the loose. They're just walking around town. And they're doing a community event tonight for the mountain lion. And I see everything as magic. Everything is synchronicity. So I'm like kind of wondering what the, the symbol of the mountain lion is here right now. How do you feel about mm. mountain lions? Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I can definitely relate to what you you shared a little bit uh, as well. Um, but yeah, mountain lions, I I think um, they're very interesting to me because you got lions on one hand, right, and then uh, and then on the other hand, you have lions that live in the mountains, and you know, I've never. It's the lion of the African lion always gets the most play the publicity, you know, and then totally. the mountain lion is like looked at in such this like negative regard because it's like mountain lions are on the loose. Be careful. But we don't really hear that about 
lion lions. So I think that there's more positivity to be found in this loose mountain lion situation. I feel like they deserve a little bit of cred in, in the positive direction. I agree. I completely agree. First, my brain went to, they're going to kill me. They're going to eat me for supper. And then I was like, no, they're magic beans exploring their land. And then I did some research and I don't know, I guess they don't eat people that much. But you've been quite the globe trotter yourself, right? You just got done doing a men's retreat. Yeah, I was in Arizona with an organization uh, called the Sacred Sons for their leadership training summit. I'm in a leadership training course with them right now. Uh, So that was great. It was really beautiful magic out there, beautiful medicine out there in the Arizona desert. Totally. So you're a leader in masculine groups in Denver, right? Or you were Mm -hmm. leading Yeah, I have an organization – yeah, yeah, I have an organization called Tribe of Brothers uh, that I host uh, here in Denver uh, with my partner Bill Burns, and um, we have weekly men's councils every Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, we're gonna have a men's council musical expression with my uh, musician friend El Javi, uh, and um, yeah, it's it's been really great. And then we host retreats. We got another one coming up soon in February called Activate. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just kind of fully diving in, diving into this, um, movement. Yeah. So what do you feel? I want to ask you more about like the energy of the masculine, but first I want to ask, what do you feel about the world right now? Just intuitively, what do Mm. you feel (laughs) for 2022? What do you think is happening energetically with everyone or the collective? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's big. Um, you know, there's an ancient Chinese proverb that says, "May you live in interesting times." So uh, they hit that one on the head. <laughs> We're definitely living in very interesting times. I feel this is big. This is, I mean, as all times are, I guess. But I think that we're in a serious, you know, period of big time uh, transition right now. And I think that, uh, that grief is, is present grieving for, uh, people that are sort of unreachable, uh, people that I care about that, that I can't really get in touch with because they're really, uh, embedded in the structures of the, of the old world. Um, and, I feel that there's a group of of people all around the world that are just like no, you know the the nor- the normal that we've been trying to get back to is the problem, and we don't want to just get back to that. So what else can we do? You know what else can we get in involved with? Whether it's like crypto or men's work or you know f- uh, women's circles or whatever's whatever's going on, medicine work alternative ways of living, healing, participating as a sort of a new parallel emerging society, one that a lot of us have been sort of plugging into over the years or, or diving into. And now there's an opportunity for, for people to really, um, you know, go all in with that, to, to actually manifest something different. 
because I think there's a lot of what's happening in the world is that there's a lot of people that are committed to the the sort of old way, the normal way, because it's comfortable, it's familiar. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I have a lot, I have a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's this... A lot meme. of thoughts and feelings around that. Yeah. There's this meme going around and it said... It says the old world's dead and the new world is struggling to be born. Now is the time of monsters. And for some reason, mm. I totally resonate with that because we're sort of in this in-between realm. There's this energy of the monsters of the underworld coming forward, the monsters within ourself, us having to make sense of who we were to survive in the matrix, us having to make sense of who we want to be. The message that keeps coming to me for 2022 is this energy of redefinition. A lot of who we were in the matrix is who we were sort of forced to be for surviving in capitalism, surviving under big pharma, whatever the thing is, the tool that the matrix were using, our identities had to shift to work within that. And now we're all kind of doing this mass exit from the matrix in which some of our more monstrous sides are coming out and some of our beauty and our grief. How do you, when you say grief is coming up for you, what does that look like in your body? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like in the center of my chest, you know, like just a heaviness. Um, yeah, real weight. Uh, yeah. Because... Yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's a part of the process. It's kind of like, you know, if you want to talk about exiting the matrix or ascension or whatever, whatever, however you want to paint it or term it, there is a, there's a shift happening. Not everyone's going to come. Uh, not everyone's going to go, and that's that's fine. But it's also there's also people there that I know and care about. So I'm just like, ah, oh. uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And they may not come right away and they may come later or they may never come. But it's truly, it's, I talk, I talk a big game about individuals being autonomous beings. But when it comes to people being asleep in the matrix, it's so hard not to just fucking shake them awake, even though I can totally fall asleep too. And it's sort of hypocritical for me to even say that. But there are certain things I see people I love choosing right now. And I'm like, why are you choosing that? You are a god. You can trust your body. Mm. You can yeah, yeah. do what makes your heart sing. But truly, for everyone to be autonomous beings, everyone has to have their own discernment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's a shared feeling, I think, among a lot of uh, our, our, <laughs> our kind. I don't know what to say. But like, yeah, yeah you, it's yeah. tricky because you, you, you don't want to get into this position of like, well, clearly, well, clearly the, the way that I see things and the way that I'm choosing to live my life and, and, and that kind of thing 
it's not, I don't want to say like I'm better or like I'm better off or it's, this is the better side or the better way. It's just more along the lines of, oh, damn, like I thought you were going to hang out. Like you're not going to hang out. That's a bummer. Yeah. I thought you were going to be in this party, you know? Totally. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, we've, we've all been in positions in life where it's just like, you know, you've been through a lot, you're tired, you're, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons you have some, something invested in something. So it's like, you don't really care. You're not as in it as much. Sure. I've seen that, you know, two people that I've like looked up to and, and stuff. And what I think is, is going on is more of like, instead of being connected to the big world out there where there's all these like big people and big things. And, you know, I, I see just more of like a fractal sort of local decentralized, smaller things happening instead of going to like a concert with like a hundred thousand people or something. You just have like a, you know, you and your friends just jam in your backyard and it's like, cool. I like, love it's that. Like a re-tribalization. Yeah. I fucking love that. One of the downloads I got around the new year is that the energy of like the influencer is going to die and maybe it won't completely die, but the energy of like one person that everyone goes to, to know what to wear next or what to buy is going to sort of crumble and each person is going to find their own webs of community. And a lot of it's going to be like digital webs of community where people still meet in real life, but have these separate webs where there isn't one leader, but we all sort of tap into our tool belt of superpowers and become the leaders within our web. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I see that happening, like being a part of Sacred Sons, being a part of Charles Eisenstein's uh, network called A New and Ancient Story. He's got like a whole community of people there on on a new social platform called Mighty Networks. So it's like, you know, and then with Substack, like, uh, like authors and writers that I've looked up to and stuff, like people are going super independent, super direct, and sort of like forming these little tribes and villages of such, uh, of, of like-minded, like-hearted people that are coming together. And so it's like people want it and it's there and we're sort of just figuring out, all right, how do we, you know, 10 years ago, maybe it was just fine. It was fine. It was good enough for me to just jump on a podcast and talk about the woes of the world. Now it's like, okay, now we've been through that. We're formulating solutions. We're, we're wanting to connect with each other and let's like actually make it now. Like let's build it. Let's create it. Let's build it. What does community mean to you? And how do you build community? How do we build community in 2022? Mm, great question. Yeah. Community is everything. You know, I, I'm most alive. I'm most me when I'm with people that I'm just vibing with and that like we're all there. We Everybody offers a particular gift or skill or talent or whatever it is just by being who they are. I mean, it's my favorite thing in the world is is being a part of a community. You know, I think here in Denver, there's a good community here. And a part of that is um, going to Rhythm Sanctuary, this ecstatic dance on Thursday nights. And it's like, cool. Yeah, I've been going there since I was like 20. Yeah. So, you you know. I haven't been any years. But I, yeah. Yeah. It was life changing and very healing for me at a time. I thought it was so fucking weird at first. So, I'm like, there's people shaking in the corner. 
<laughs> there's people yeah. like talking to themselves a little but it was so cool <laughs> at rhythm sanctuary it's ecstatic dance right and yeah, yeah. it was it was so cool to experience that because growing up as a young person who loves dance and concerts and shows so much dance in America is centered around a dude grabbing your hips and like humping you from behind. And it becomes sort of like a meeting ritual instead of soul expression and Mm. Soul expression can be mating rituals, but it feels like we almost have to submit to the mating ritual part, both masculine, queer, feminine. It doesn't really matter where you go. It's like we like have to submit to this mating ritual when we go to a show or to a club. And I know that's kind of old world stuff and that doesn't exist much for people now. But I just remember being like so fucking disheartened when I would go out to clubs. And like it's just about getting so fucked up out of your mind and then having people hump you all night. At least that's how I felt. Have you had that experience? (laughs) (laughs) No. But thank – I mean, yeah, that's where I have – like compassion and you know i'm just like oh man like that's uh that's a bummer but yeah i mean definitely i've I've definitely been a part of like groups of drunk guys that you know are just like oh i'm just gonna thrust myself on but like i i never felt connected to that uh scene but i always did feel like a little bit of a pressure like oh like you know the guys that are dancing are gonna get the girls and, and that kind of thing or whatever Um, there's like this pressure I think put upon like if you're at a bar or something like that or a concert or something but with ecstatic dance it's like it's the mating ritual or whatever however we want to define it like the attraction or whatever sort of like emerges or happens as secondary it's not the focus it's not like the pressure you you're, you're there to just go and express yourself to some music and you know if some connection emerges or something happens great if not great you just that's that's why you're there i think that that's like the emphasis on um you know healing uh i think is that or community rather what i was talking about the reason why i like community so much is because healing happens in in community like if you're a part of a good community you're and you're there like you don't you don't have to necessarily focus on the healing like being part of community is is healing itself. And so if we're going to heal from, you know, toxic sort of old world uh, predatory hump culture, then, (laughs) you know, it's better to be in community because you see each other and you know each other and you're like, Hey, why would you do that? Like give her her space, like let her express herself. Don't try and just, you know, grind up on someone, like have some respect, like see the other soul here. And, and I feel like that does happen in community because you're, you're kind of held accountable, right? If you're, if you step out of line or something like someone else is gonna be like, Hey, we don't do that here. You know, that's not, that's not how this is, is going down, you know? Yeah. Just from your perspective, what do you feel like is going on? And we're being very, we're generalizing right here. And because you specifically work as a healer and as a leader, for masculine identified people, people who identify as men. 
And so just in general, mm-hmm. like with the work you're doing, how are men right now? What does this evolution sort of look like for the person in the male body who's trying to heal in this weird fucking time in the world? Uh, men are tender. Men are beautiful. Like it's it's amazing to to witness just the, the scope of different men that come through and are attracted to this particular kind of work because on one hand you have someone who you know has never really expressed themselves and is a little bit more timid and and you know maybe suffered through some trauma as a child where they were repressed and and so they've never really been able to claim their sovereignty and and step into their power and then you know on the other hand you have men who have abused their power and who have been predators and who have hurt others and have come around the other side and and want so bad to forgive themselves and to be seen and, and witnessed in their process of of transformation to atone to to be forgiven and and to step into a, a greater purpose so i mean it's really truly some of the most moving work that i've ever been a part of in my life. Like I, I think I've cried more in men's work than I have anywhere, like anywhere else really. Uh, so it's, it's just the men, men know that like, you know, now's the time it's, it's the time is now. And there's, there's something bigger here for us. There's something more beautiful, uh, for a man in this life. And, um, it's really, it's really amazing to see. I think the work you're doing is so sacred and gorgeous and needed right now. When you talk about men who have gone through trauma and you guys working together as community to build them up to be sovereign beings, what does that look like? How do you help a man tap into his sovereignty? Hmm. Yeah, well, I think leading by example helps, right? I think that there's so many toxic men and and charlatans and predators that will claim that they'll be, you know, helping or healing or buy my program or this, that, or the other thing. And, um, you know, I think that as men, we have to really show up fully in a space of integrity and honesty and transparency and rawness and realness and, and walk the walk, not just talk the talk because, you know, a lot of people are good at talking. So I, I think by really getting in there and doing it with them uh, in the process of that healing, you know, holding space, like, tell me what's on your, what's on your heart. You know, there's no judgment here. All of you is welcome. What it, What's going on with you? And, you know, I think physicality like is is important too. Like physical touch, uh, hugging. Um, you know, putting putting a, a an arm, a hand, a shoulder, uh, a hand on a shoulder. <laughs> I said that it's funny. I said that the other week too. I was like, I was like, everybody put a shoulder on a hand. I mean, well, yeah, you could put a shoulder on a hand, but put your hand on their shoulder. But like, yeah, yeah, just being in that physical space and 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 hugging and looking other men in the in the eyes, um, and encouraging them to to step up right so uh i think that that the work that i do i always make sure that i'm going through the process with them as well you know and and being in it not like i'm up here talking to you about it now you go do it it's more like we're doing this together 
going through challenging things, it, it, it helps, I think, to exemplify that as well. So being a leader, being vulnerable and being real and, and open and not trying to guard or protect myself because I'm like, oh, I can't let them know this about me. No, it's like my weakness is my strength or perceived weakness. Like my wounds are my gifts. And that's the way that, that other brothers like see, oh, okay. Like my perception of this situation was totally wrong. Like I can, I can speak and I could tell the, tell the truth and, and tell people what's going on with me. And it's okay if I cry, like I'm held in that space. It's actually, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to cry. Sometimes we need to be hugged. Uh, sometimes we need to box each other or wrestle each other, you know, just to not, not in a way of just like, Hey, we're just going to fight. But in a way of being like, I want all of you to show up and give me everything you have. And I'm going to give you everything I have. And we're in this together, you know, as is because there's challenges that we face and, and we're going to rise to the occasion. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different modalities. There's a lot of different, I love coming up with um, different ways to create like games, connection games or games that help us, you know, we, we love playing games. So let's play games that, that help us know a little bit more about ourselves and be witnessed by others in that process. Yeah. What kind of connection games do you do with the guys to make them feel more comfortable? So one of the things that we love doing is starting starting a lot of our sessions out with movement. And I think that really helps because if we're all kind of moving and grooving and shaking and just letting some stuff out, it just feels good. It's it's good to it's good to get silly. It's good to be like, hey, we're in this space where we're just we're playing right now. Like we're, this is, this is a game. This is a game of life. And, you know, these are all these sort of like obstacles that we've called in for this particular incarnation, I suppose. And uh, let's, let's get together to, to, to get through them. And so, yeah, movement, like movement with different prompts, different ways, uh, different eyes closed or just moving a part of your hand or something. So it's really about getting into the body. That's really what I want to say is it's yeah. about really getting into our bodies and feeling our bodies and, and knowing that we have these, these beautiful gifts that it's not all here because as men, we have a tendency to just live in the three inches above our eyes. And it's like, no, that's, that is a great a servant, but terrible master, as they say, right? And it's so true. So we love we love starting off all of our gatherings, all of our events, everything that we do with dropping into our fucking bodies and knowing that we it's we feel in our bodies, we're here in our bodies, we're connected to the earth, and we're connected to each other. Fuck yes, fuck yes. <laughs> I love how you're talking about the physicality of it all. The image, though, I think is so impactful. The image you illustrated through your words of these masculines in male-identified bodies sort of crying and opening their heart chakras and opening their throats and being truthful about the trauma they've lived through and then other men holding them. I feel like that's a gap that we have needed 
deeply, desperately. And by mm. you guys doing that together, I think it's bringing healing for all people. I think everyone benefits from the masculine healing each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 really special. It's really it's really a special thing. And um it can be scary for a lot of men. You know, there's there's a lot of men including myself when I first got into this like didn't there's still an image that I want to hold up for others to see. You know, there was still like, oh, I'll go there and I'll go there and I'll go there. And if I go there, they'll think I'm real vulnerable. But if I go there, <laughs> that's the real stuff. Like that's the raw, real stuff. And oh, I'm not ready to share. Like I'm not ready to share that yet. I'm not ready to be witnessed in that way. I'm not ready to fall apart in that way. Um, and that's okay. I, you know, you, you, I kept coming back and then eventually, you know, I was able to go there. Uh, but it's, it's – uh, yeah, any for any man that's that's curious about like what it means to be in brotherhood, to be empowered by your brothers, to be lifted up, to be um, you know, to be held in that space, you know, get into it. Like check it out because yeah, the world needs all of us. Not just one group of us or, you know, let's focus on these people now. They need the most healing and don't worry about anyone else. It's like we all all hands on deck. You know, because we can all contribute to to a more beautiful world, to a more harmonious future. And I like that you touched on just briefly, and this is how I interpret it, what you were saying, but how you touched on bringing healing through darkness. And what I mean by that mm. is you ta you're talking about healing people who may be canceled or cast out of society as well. You're talking about holding vulnerable space for the men who've been perpetrators as well. Not just the men who have been traumatized and, and feel sad and vulnerable. You're also talking about bringing healing to the perpetrators. And as someone who's experienced extreme violence and sexual assault from the masculine and very aware of their ability to be perpetrators, I find it so imperative that the perpetrators get as much healing as all of us. And that's not a comfortable topic. And I have to be careful of how I speak about it. Because if someone is still in their pain after being violated, it's not their duty to heal their oppressor. It's never the oppressed duty to heal their oppressor. But the oppressor, we're not going to to move to a greater world. We are not going to create a greater world unless the oppressors go so deep into their own darkness and find healing too. And like you said, nobody heals in isolation. I don't believe healing in isolation is possible. We talk about privilege a lot in society, you know, and I and it gets thrown out, thrown around a ton. But I think it's so cool that if the people who are deemed as having privilege are the ones who step up and use their privilege to empower, privilege itself isn't inherently bad. If you use your privilege 
to oppress others, that's where it gets fucked up. But there's a way we can use privilege to empower. And I think that I don't want to be out here healing the men who hurt me, but other men who have the privilege of maybe not being or I shouldn't say men, other people who may not have been wounded the same ways I have, they have more of an ability to bring healing to the predator than I do or the perpetrator. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been that, you know, like I've, I've been uh, aggressive, um, angry, you know, um, never against any any uh women i was with but it was more when i was a, a teenager uh just in my household with my parents just getting into a lot of fights you know and just being kind of a a dick and and yeah i guess i would just lie cheat steal and you know hurt people take things when i wanted them things like that so you know i've i and i i was fucking hurting like i was in so much pain and so I can only imagine, you know, the terrible things that people do, um, you know, how much pain they must be in. And it doesn't make it like, okay, or, or anything like that. But it's just like, hey, if you're willing to like, see that in yourself, and step forward and sack your, you know, sacrifice yourself to the altar of forgiveness, and healing, um, so that you may you know, be born again so that now you may contribute and give back. Um, that path is open for anyone that wants to step in that door. Yeah, completely. I, I was molested. Um, sorry. I feel like, <laughs> hi, Mike. You're like, I want to do a horror pod episode. And I'm like, hi, Mike. I was molested. Um, no, you, but, you know, we, like, we can talk about this. We start, we talked about it a little bit on my podcast, but yeah, please. Yeah. Well, I was molested multiple times and raped multiple times because I just grew up with drug addicts in really dark places. Um, and then being perpetrated in that way, my wound was, you know, I ended up wounded. So in my teens and twenties, I attracted that as well. Not that it was my fault, but that, I was going after people who felt like home and home for me was violence from masculine. And that's not my fault and that's not anybody's fault, but that's what became, that was normalcy to me. But one person who molested me very frequently, but nonviolently since I was like probably five, um, was one of my cousins who was older than me. I was removed from my home when I was 13 and it was mandated that I went to this psychologist. And I remember the psychologist walking me through, we did EMDR and in EMDR, the way she did it, it was sort of like time travel, timeline jumping, where she took me back into the exact environment in which I was being molested where I saw him from, from my age now or from my age when I was doing it with her. And there's some people who would really disagree with this technique, and I don't think it's for everyone because I think there's ways of healing your sexual trauma without having to relive it. 
And I think for some people, it could be way more damaging having to relive it. So I'm not trying to encourage this or put this mode of healing on anybody unless it feels right in their body. But she made me go back to like the one of the scenes of him doing it. And in my head and in my memory, I always saw him as like a man, you know, like a bad man who was trying to hurt me. But then when she walked me back through the scenario, I saw him as only being two years older than me. So if he was only two years older than me, then it started when he was seven. Seven is a baby. Seven's not a predator. And then even when I was 12 and it was happening, he's only 14. 14 is a teenager, but that brain is not developed. The body is not developed. And by like having walking through it with me and her holding my hand, I saw that he wasn't just a perpetrator. He was a victim, that he was learning this violence from someone else, that he was in pain. And... And it gave me a better lens of how I see the world. And now it's so hard to look at individuals and not see who they are as a seven-year-old, as a six-year-old, as a 12-year-old, because we are still those kids walking around. And I think so many masculines haven't had an outlet to be those vulnerable children. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's it's no, I mean, it's, it's, it needs to be heard. Like, I think that there's, yeah, there's, there's just as, as I've more and more, I've like gotten into the spaces that I'm in more, you hear stories like this and it's like, it's, it's common. Like yeah, it happens. And it's like, how do we bring a healthy, you know, right relationship with what it means to be a human being with other human beings in this world, you know? So, you know, what was happening in, in his family, what was going on in yours, you know, what was happening in the world, in the collective, like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. And, you know, some people in this world are like pretty fucking evil and pretty, pretty, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely some real nasty shit. And then there's people that are just confused and hurt and acting out and don't really know why. And, um, yeah, I think like all, by you sharing your story and, and telling that, I, I know that that gives courage to others that sh- to share theirs and to talk about it. And then it's now it's not this thing that we can, that, that we can hide away anymore. It's like, yeah. look, we're here. We're alive now. Like these things are happening to us. These things have happened to us. They shaped us. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to be? Yeah. I sometimes wonder if there actually is evil people in the world. Like I know evil and darkness exists, but I don't know if I believe anyone is evil. Like just doing so many sessions with so many people – And, you know, before I was doing like energy sessions, I did birth work and death work. And you you see people's souls doing that work, you know, and then you see all their family members. You see, especially in death work, you see the vultures who like to hang around death and suck 
from the person who died afterwards or like take their stuff. It's very interesting. Whenever someone dies, there's usually a herd of vultures who come. And I think we forget Mm. how animalistic we actually are. But I'm saying that to Mm. say that even in those moments, the vultures make sense to me. Even in that timeline, in that moment, it's evil. And sometimes what they're doing is hurting the dying person or hurting the dying person's caretakers. But from their perspective, from their reality, from what they've been through, it almost, I've not met someone where it doesn't make sense to me yet. And I guess that doesn't mean it's not evil just because it makes sense. But do you believe they're truly evil people? Yeah, and I think that that like there's there's a a point of no return, so to speak. Like I I don't think that people are born evil. Like oh, that's an evil baby there, or like this person has an evil soul. But it's like we all have a choice. One of my favorite movies of all time, Star Wars. Like I think they communicate that in a really simple, easy to understand way. And you know, the metaphorical way is you've got this guy. Anakin Skywalker who wants to do good and by his like desire to force to want to do good, he's do he's willing to do whatever it takes that he falls into this path of like resentment and anger and retribution and revenge. And, and once you start clinging to all those things for power or to get ahead in the world, yeah, you're kind of embodying this kind of spirit of the of the dark side, like evil. And he winds up becoming like a machine. And what do we think of machines? Like soulless, like cold. And so I think that every everybody has a choice in which path they, they walk down. And some people become more machine-like than others. Some people become, take on a little bit more evil than others. Some people choose to not really honestly look inside of themselves and through medicating or checking out or drinking or whatever they're doing so that they could continue doing the thing that brings them success in the material world, success, so to speak, air quotes. Yeah. There's a certain, I think there's a certain level of like responsibility and accountability. And I think everybody can be redeemed. Like I think you can, can come back to the side of life uh, but yeah, I think that if if you continuously keep choosing a, a path of um, you know pred- predatory behavior, let's just yeah. say, right? Because that 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 you know that that represents like so many things. It, it's like you're kind of you're kind of doing some evil. You know, you're doing the bidding of evil. Maybe you deep down at your core aren't, but you're at least carrying out evil tasks. Yeah, that makes sense. So whenever I do a podcast with anyone, especially if I have guests, I get quiet with myself for a while first and I do a physical energetic channeling where I try to listen to my guides and see what I'm supposed to be talking about. And sometimes I feel like they give me three pages of what I'm supposed to be saying or talking about. Other times they've given me a song. Sometimes they've given me um, just like a phrase. And when I did it for you today, I heard 
And now let me be clear. It's all making sense to me now. And I wasn't going to say it at first because I'm like, what the fuck does this even mean? But what I heard was, and not that you're doing this. I don't think you're doing this. I think you're partially a healer for this. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to like place anything on you. But what I heard was we can't continuously make deals with the devil to go up in dimension. And and I feel like it didn't click until you just said what you said and that maybe people aren't evil at the core, but they make deals with this evil energy to survive in materialism or to survive as a predator, or to survive as the matrix. I asked my guides further and I'm like, what am I – how the hell am I supposed to talk about that with Mycadelic? We can no longer, like, it's going to be really tempting for all of us. And I'm not above this. But in the 3D, I felt like we got away with not being conscious, with doing shit that's not aligned with our physical body or our souls. And not only did we get away with it, it was, like, encouraged to make us slaves to the corporate system, to big pharma. So we, you know, we would work 40 plus hours a week at a fucking job we hated, but then we'd like numb out about it by getting super fucking drunk all weekend and spending all the money that we just made or eating sugar throughout the day to boost us up or keep us going with caffeine. And I feel like now it's saying like we we can't do anything that doesn't align with us completely anymore, that it's like almost more dangerous as we're stepping into the new world, but that I feel like there's this energy of the devil coming up that's going to say, oh no, do this deal with me. You can keep getting obliterated. You can be the predator and I'm going to make you a millionaire or I'm going to give you this status or you're going to be able to fuck this chick. Well, uh, those gods, their name is, is, is that way because they know. Uh, yeah, I would say that that is something that I've been, that I've been. Yeah. I think that you're absolutely right. It's like, look, since the dawn of civilization, we've always been at war in one way or another, you know, there's, there's humanity. Okay. We, we, we think that we're like this, this great big thing or whatever we're, we're fooling ourselves. And so we're, we're at a real, we're at a real point right now where it's like, look, we're not going to like clever our way out of this. We're destroy Like we're basically destroying everything that we like touch you know, so we can't really, those of us that are sort of doing a little bit here or doing a little bit there, that's all well and good. But I think it really like judgment day in a sense, like now you got to come to terms with like everything, you know, and um, like I'm, I'm changing my bank because I'm like, yeah, I know it's convenient or whatever, but like literally everything that I put energy talking about like magic and energy and, and all this kind of stuff, it's like where we put it. That's what comes, you know, it's coming like, oh, I didn't want that. Well, why did you sort of vote for that by participating in that? Right. So like it's the time for like concessions and compromises and stuff like that, I think is over, you know, with, with all of us, we have to kind of like come clean. Like, are we, are we participating 
in like a, a better a better way of being for ourselves and others, or are we still contributing to? Uh, and and me, like I have to say, am I still contributing to uh, the Matrix world? Like, am I still putting coins in that machine and being like, yeah, I'll play this game more, like a little bit? Oh no, I don't. I'm not doing it too much. It's only here and there, but still, right? It's like we there's there's a different way. So yeah, not making deals with the devil. And it's interesting because I watched the movie Three Hundred recently. Uh, and I think I saw it once when it came out and someone told me like, oh yeah, you should watch it again. So I was on a plane and I was like, why not? I'll watch this. King Leonidas in that movie does not compromise at all and leads, you know, based on a true story apparently. Right. So I think there's something, it's like, why are we here? Are we here to just like say, oh, okay, that's good enough it's like you, you have to have a card to go into this place or, oh, it's going to come on the, on the phone. It's going to be digital. Like how much of, how much are we willing to take and, and stand for and, and be okay with? Um, that's, that's how I see it, you know, and it, and it represents itself in, in a lot of other things, but I use that example because that's the most like top of, of mind right now. I kind of consider this thing to be like the most important thing going on essentially worldwide. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so what are we participating in? What are we voting for? What kind of compromises are we making all of us and how can we live in more alignment and not make those deals with the devil? Totally. And, and the devil might be part of us. Do you know what I mean? The thing that's trying to tell us, oh no, just compromise your art and take this 300k year job. That might be a devil within us. Like it might not be this external scary devil that lurks in the shadows. It might be part of our wound that we haven't healed yet that told us we're only worthy if we're making 300k a year, 100k a year, whatever that weird number is. And the judgment day, we also... When you said judgment day, I was like, no, you, ugh, because that feels like this like crazy, you know, fundamentalist religion thing to me. But I totally see what you're oh, saying. Yeah. I was thinking more like Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing you don't know about me, Mycadelic, is I grew up in a very strange living environment and I like I don't know the movies. Like I watch movies uh, now. Like I'm just getting into shows and movies now. But when you like I've never seen Star Wars. Don't judge uh, me. <laughs> I've never seen No, the no Harry- judgment. No I've judgment seen- day. Yeah. Never seen the Harry Potters, never seen 300. And these are just like, and I feel like one day I'm just going to have to like succumb. And it's not that I don't want to, it's just like hasn't happened. Say more what you mean about the judgment day. I guess, I guess what I was using it more in terms of like uh, with ourselves, you know, like for, for each of us to sort of like be like, okay, I need to discern within myself, am I, am I living up to everything that I say and do? Is that helping me? And is that, am I providing good? Am I doing good? Am I feeling good? Like all this stuff, is it in alignment with why I am alive? 
And, yeah. you know, if there's areas there that are questionable and sketchy and are you lying to yourself is, is basically what I'm saying. Like, are you telling lies yeah. to yourself, you know, and are you like, are you keeping yourself small? Are you not doing the thing that makes you feel most alive because this job has good security or this thing or that, or I'm in this relationship and yeah, it's abusive, but like, I don't know, am I worthy to be with anyone else or it's scary out there? Like, how am I going to, you know, it's like all those things are suffering, you know, like we all know, we all know what it is that we need to do. So we, we have to get come clean on those things and, and come out of our internal closet so that we could say, okay, like I accept you. I accept this voice. I accept this feeling. And the, and things just are better that way. Your life is going to be better that way. Things will open up and new people will come into your life that are, you know, that you're attracting with that new vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And you just listed off a few things that I still do. So I want to be clear about that. You know, I fall into the yeah. matrix traps all the time, but I think I'm getting, Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm getting a better language around it um, just internally. But I feel like part of it is our lower self had to take the wheel most of the time to drive around the matrix and to survive in the matrix. And we would hear like whispers or words coming from above from our higher self, but we would have to shush our higher self to survive in corporate slavery, to survive under mm. whatever domination it was. But that that world is crumbling. That world is dying. That corporate slavery is dying. So many people are quitting their jobs right now, you know? And yeah, it's awesome. That, I love it. It's so awesome. And as that world dies, our, our lower self is dying. And there's grief around that because we got comfortable with our mm. lower self. That lower self existed to walk the matrix. And we learned to have fun with it. We learned to have some good sex in that lower self energy. We learned, you know, bad habits that felt comforting. And that lower self is dying. And our higher self is right there saying, yo, just let me take the wheel. Let me take the wheel and I will we will fly high together. We will vibrate together and we will attract other people who are flying with us. But that is so fucking scary <laughs> because mm, it feels yeah, like, yeah. in a sense, we're like letting part of us die, you know, a whole version of ourselves die. And people we love have to go with that old version. And it fucking sucks. And it's way easier to talk about it on a podcast than live it. Totally. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I feel like I, I, by saying anything after that, it's like you, like you said, yeah, we could talk about it. But really, it really is just feeling into that. You yeah. know, like really, like just feel it. It's yeah. just just move through it. You know, I think that oftentimes I see this a lot in the men's work too. It's like we, we always in all areas of life, like people want to go to the end. Like they want to get through. They're like, okay, I want to be here, but you're here right now. 
how do you get from here to here? Well, you have to fucking go through that shit. And yeah. it's going to be fucking crazy and challenging and scary. But it's also good to like, no, I'm there too. Like, right. I'm there too. You're there too. Like, we're there. Like, we're in the trenches. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But we look over and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. All the people that we know and love, they're going through it too. Yeah, we're. it's going to be hard. Uh, yeah. It's going to suck. I don't know. I think we're more afraid of feeling the pain than actually experiencing the pain. And that's cliche. Yes. We talk about that a lot. But there's so much bliss and pain, too, when we surrender to it. You know, like painful sex. I see people in birth, when they surrender to the pain of birth, have orgasms during birth. You know, when we die, we get a rush mm. of the DMT. Like It's like when we surrender to that pain, bliss comes but there's there's that scary yeah. voice of like no it's it's gonna hurt too bad or i'm not strong enough or i'm not big enough for this yeah i think it's always worse in here yeah completely one thing you mentioned earlier was this energy about when the men were trying to heal with each other sometimes you offer soft touch in the healing and other times you guys want to like duke it out or wrestle or fight. And I think that's so healing too. I wish more of us like fought consciously um, because I don't think it's only masculine male identified bodies that have some of that rage and some of that fight in them. I don't know that a lot of feminines want to literally like roll around the ground with each other, but some of them want to fucking scream at each other. <laughs> some want to pull yeah. each other's yeah. hair. And I wonder if there's a way in we're redefining how we see community now. And I wonder if there is a way that we can consciously embrace conflict and physical pain with each other so that, it isn't so repressed. When we repress the violence, when we repress the rage, then it pops out without any control. And I wonder if there's a way we could like consciously have conflict. I'm a 32-year-old being and I don't necessarily know how to have healthy conflict with people. Yeah. Yeah, healthy conflict is good because we're not going to avoid conflict. And I think that there's yeah, how could you have the best conflict possible? Where yeah, and the best fighting. Yeah, yeah. Just wow, that was a great fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I think that. Uh, I have a yeah. habit of like having very like intense relationships, especially with like my partners, and it's so hard for me to not mm -hmm. have a fiery fight and fiery sex and i wish we could do it in a way that wasn't so damaging but oh we both needed to get some aggression out today so we yelled at each other but not in a way that was damaging for the rest of our lives or not in a way that completely de degraded each other's souls but in a way where we held a sacred circle or sacred space to get that emotion out we fight with our lovers and our partners because we carry so much aggression from the world, but it's not as safe to fight with the people in the world who are giving us their aggression or who we're experiencing aggression with. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, like, like with, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, like my partner and I have gotten so much better at fighting. 
like at arguing. Like we're just, we're better at it. It's not like it doesn't happen anymore, but sometimes what'll happen is, well, I think what you said is really good because like sometimes it can be like, we just give the game away and say like, Hey, I'm just feeling like I need to just like get some shit out. Like I'm feeling this like urge. I kind of want to like start shit with you for some reason. So I just need to like get this shit out and let's just see where it goes. But it's like, how conscious can we be all the time? We're not always going to know that. Plus if you tell the other person, it doesn't get, it doesn't make the drama of it real. And sometimes we want that drama <laughs> because it's an experience of being alive and ex experience we can have here, you know? And, um, you know, sometimes I'll get into a, like an argument with my girlfriend and we'll just like, we'll just kind of like laugh and just be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'll laugh. I'm kind of like going off the rails here or something. I remember one time, <laughs> to make it really personal, I remember one time <laughs> we got in a fight and there's something so stupid and I was real angry. Like, I was just fucking angry. Like, I was just like, I want to let some fucking anger out. And so I was like screaming in the car like while we were driving. And a song that was playing was like, I love you. Do, 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 do. It was like the most loving song like ever in the world. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because something mattered. Like I was angry at something. And I just like, couldn't help but like laugh. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Awareness, you know, having awareness around that, having awareness around our human emotions and needs and like wanting to sort of like sometimes get loud or sometimes whatever. It's just, it's a part of it. And if we could bring more awareness to that, I think it could be better. It's just better. We're better off that way. Oh my God. That's hilarious. And so well put. <laughs> Thank you for being here with me. This was magical. I've loved our conversations thus far, and I'm deeply thankful for what you're doing in the collective and in Denver and just inside of you. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you so much, Lacey. This was, uh, this was awesome. We're going to have to do it again. You'll come back on Mycadelic, whatever. We can keep going back and forth. I, uh, I love, uh, love hanging out with you, and thank you so much for all your thoughtful questions and um, yeah, I really appreciate it. A hundred percent. Where can people find you? Find me online. Mike Adelic is the podcast. MikeBrank.com is the website. Um, let's see. We got a mighty network, social network for our tribe of brothers, men's, men's work, uh, men's councils. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then email. Email is good for me because I just got off social media and I don't know when I'm going back on, but uh, yeah, you could find all that stuff at my website, mikebrankbranc.com. Beautiful. Thank you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.